Well, today as we're continuing to look at the laws of the kingdom of God, we come to the law of unity. And we see that this is an attribute of God, and it's one that is just reflected uh, here in earth. And it's one of these things that as we see it in God, we see why he wants to see it in ourselves. It's no wonder that he expects it in his kingdom and he expects it in his church. In the book of Genesis, at the very beginning of the Bible, he says, let us make man in our own image. And so uh, we see that here the Trinity uh, is working together. They worked in unity in creation. And all through the Bible, we see that there is a unity in the three persons of the Trinity, three working together as one. And we see that uh, as they do so, they do so all the way through the Bible. At the very beginning, here is God the Father speaking and saying, let us make man in our image. And we see that the, there's in the book of Genesis that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters and that the Spirit of God was involved in creation. And later on, we read that apart from Jesus, nothing was made. They worked in harmony. They worked in, uh, uh, they worked together to bring about uh, the very creation that we enjoy today. And so one of the things that we see is that great creativity occurs from unity and power is released when there is unity. Uh, Jesus later on, uh, as uh, he's, he's talking in Matthew the 18th, the 15th through the 20th verses, uh, says these words, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault between just the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen to you, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. Jesus in this passage is calling for agreement, but not merely for agreement's sake. He's calling for unity. The word agree literally means to be in harmony. In the kingdom of God, there must be perfect harmony in order to receive the fullness of the blessings and benefits of the kingdom. Uh, in John 17, 20 and 21, he says, as he's praying, and notice this, he prays not just for the disciples, he's praying for you and he's praying for me. 
He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. You see, there's no division in the Godhead, no division between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are perfectly one, perfectly in agreement, in perfect unity. They have different roles and responsibilities, but they have one purpose. They're united in their purpose and their goals. Now, you will never see the total awesome power of the Holy Spirit in your life, in your home, in your church, in this society, in this nation, until there is a oneness of spirit in the church. Those in the local church have to be united in vision and purpose. And that can't be just any division and purpose. It has to be a unity in him and unity with him. Those in local districts and conferences of different denominations, uh, different associations, conventions, etc., have to be united in their vision and their purpose. And that vision and that purpose needs to be in Jesus Christ. If there is no unity of purpose and vision, that is connected to the purpose and vision of the Godhead. There will be no presence of Christ and thus no power for witnessing and evangelism. Look at the second chapter of Acts. You cannot hear the voice of God unless the unity of the Spirit is maintained. Listen to these words. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Do you see? They were all of one accord. At the very birth of the church, their attention was focused not on outreach, not on anything but Jesus himself. And they were there gathered together of one accord, according to his word, according to his instructions to them. God's power in the church and in your life is diminished to the degree there is disunity. To the degree that there is disunity in your home, God's kingdom is bound. That is, it's locked up and you receive a decreasing amount of power, authority, dominion, and resources. Now, whenever there is disunity, whenever there is lack of agreement, lack of cooperation, uh, there is a, uh, there's a lack of power, there's a lack of authority, a lack of dominion, and a lack of resources. Listen to Jesus and listen to what he says in Mark, the third chapter of the 22nd, 26th verses. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub and by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. So he called them to himself. Notice this, that he calls his critics to him. And he said to them in parables, 
How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. In other words, Jesus said that disunity will destroy any home, any church, any family, any business, any government, any nation. And notice that he did not say it might not stand. He said it cannot stand. Now, this law of unity works for good or for evil, and it will either lock up or release God's power, and it can be uh, utilized. The principle can be utilized by those who believe, in, and it's actually lived out in those who don't believe as well. The power which is released through the law of unity is so great that literally nothing is impossible to those who will unite themselves. That means to agree on the same purpose, have the same goals and the same motives. Now, this law was working for the people uh, after the flood until God stopped them at the Tower of Babel and confused their speech and scattered them throughout the earth. They were unified in language. They were unified in purpose, but they were unified in themselves and aggrandizing and building up and furthering themselves. And it's because of this that he wound up confusing their language and scattering them throughout the earth to prevent the power that have been used if they had got, combined their power for self-centered purposes. Now, just as in the Godhead, there are two levels of unity. So it should be in us. Now, the two levels of unity are the same in both the Godhead and in us. First, there is inner unity. They among themselves as God are united. They are one in purpose. They were one in everything that they do. They work together. And it's the same with us. We must be united, first of all, within ourselves. But then also, they, were, they are united externally. They're united in what they carry out together as one. And so we should be united together externally with one another as well. First of all, on the personal level, as an individual, you must be united within yourself. If you're going to experience the power which will change the world, if you're going to exercise authority over the devil and demons, if you're going to have dominion over circumstances uh, in your life, and if you are going to enjoy the abundance of God's resources and blessings, you have to be united within yourself. Listen to what James says in the first chapter. This is James' brother. This is James, the brother of Jesus, speaking. He says, But he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. 
one mind in you believing and desiring one thing and another mind in you doubting and desiring something else will not work in the kingdom of God. The Bible says that you cannot serve two masters. Jesus himself says you cannot you cannot serve two masters. You cannot have divided loyalty and allegiance. You cannot have your job and Jesus first in your life. You can't have them both first. You cannot have both your spouse and Jesus first in your life. One has to be first, only one. You cannot have money and Jesus both be first in your life. It cannot be the house and Jesus. It cannot be sex and Jesus. It cannot be drugs and Jesus. It cannot be sin and Jesus. That is a division, a division in purpose, a division in the kingdoms that you are trying to live in. And therefore, the Bible teaches us that you are not going to receive anything from God. You must become single-minded, putting Jesus first in your life and putting him over your life as Lord. When he is first in your life, when Jesus is in control and you are loyal to him and him only, he's going to say to you men, love your wife as I love the church. He's going to say to you women, respect your husbands. No wife can be loved more than that. No husband can feel more love than that. You must become single-minded, putting Jesus Christ first, and he will say to you, whatsoever you do, do it as unto me. No job or career can get more attention than that, can it? The solution to your personal lack of unity in your life is to become single-minded about Jesus. When he becomes your main purpose in life, your motive for living and your goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and to please God in everything, then and only thing will you be able to be released from the weight of trying to please everyone and the terrible internal torment of performing for people instead of God. Now, there's also unity that needs to be found at the collective level. Without internal unity in a group, a family, a church, a business, a nation, the ultimate end is destruction. The lack of unity is destroying our families and our churches and our nation. Let's face it. Listen to what Jesus said again in Matthew, the 12th chapter. And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and any city or house divided against itself will not stand. Jesus in this verse was talking about the kingdom of Satan and showing us that the law of unity is so powerful and so university that even the works of evil will collapse unless they maintain unity. Why? Because unity produces strength. Unity produces, or let me say this, unity produces strength. Disunity produces weakness. 
When a family is supportive of one another and has a common purpose and a common goal, even in the middle of terrible circumstances, that family can and will succeed. When families are not united and there is division and strife and bitterness, all of society suffers because the family is the foundational institution of society, the first institution established by God. When husbands and wives are divided, and end up hating one another. It causes the children to have to choose sides, and they get caught up in the force of disunity. Many families, many businesses, many churches are torn apart because of disunity. The solution, again, is to make Jesus Christ the motive, the purpose, and the goal of our families, our churches, and our society. In order to experience the power and the authority and the dominion and the resources of the kingdom of God, each individual has to recognize that they, yes, are different and unique, and yet must submit in common purpose. And that common purpose is to glorify and honor God and to reflect the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let me close by asking you this. In your family, is there unity of purpose? Are you and your family members working together, praying together for the same goals and purposes? If not, Jesus is the answer. As you make pleasing Him the purpose of your family, you will experience the power of His Spirit in your home as never before. You will walk in the authority of his spirit, even in the midst of your deepest trials. You will be victorious, and with Jesus Christ as the purpose and the goal of your family, you'll have dominion over every negative situation, and you will be blessed with the resources of God's kingdom so that you can be a blessing to those who are in the world, lost and hurting. In your individual life, you as a person. Tell me this, can you honestly say that you are united within yourself? Can you honestly say that you are not double-minded about the things of God and that you are single-mindedly seeking only to please the Lord Jesus Christ? If you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life today, and seek to please Him and Him alone from this moment on. He will empower you with His Spirit and authority, and you will exercise the dominion that is rightfully yours in the kingdom, and you will be blessed going out and blessed coming in, and your children will be blessed after you, so that you and your family will be a blessing to others. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.